Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can talk to others about Jesus. All right. Well, man, it's week after our year anniversary. And uh, man, it's just, it's been such a great ride. And I, I think it's important that we address this topic of how we talk to others about Christ, because Mm -hmm. I know so many of, you know, so many of the kids that I work with and then so many of the adults that we (laughs) deal with and people in general, they struggle with this right now. It's, it's a fear. It's a, um, sometimes it feels as if it's a lack of knowledge, right? It's uh, whatever the case may be, right? There, there is in a lot of senses, something holding someone back from talking about Christ. Yep. So before we jump in, I, is there anything that you're wanting to to well, talk about? Honestly, I'm going to try to summarize this before we even get into it. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> but we the, can close it out here. You know, there's there's like a couple of different ways that people are like, hey, this is a great way to evangelize. One way is just walking up to them and saying, do you want to talk about Jesus? Another way is just live your life by example. People will see Jesus through the way that you live your life. And you don't even have to say any words. Another thing that people will say is you have to build relationships with people and then be able to bring them into your relationship with Christ after you've built a relationship with them. And to be honest, each of them have their places, but I think we're going to get to it at the end. Um, some of the best ways, the most effective ways to bring people to Christ, to, to talk to people about Christ. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. We're going to be covering our bases, uh, as much as we can. Um, but Chris and I do have our, um, opinions about what is most effective and yeah and wanted to share that with y'all yeah so if you would let's let's flip over to acts chapter 18 mm-hmm. here um you know a- apollos is one of my favorite bible characters uh and i you know there was a stretch of time where i talked about him for a while and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seemingly back in that stretch of time and I, yeah. I just think he's such a i mean we have what five verses in acts maybe six uh and then we have a few verses in first corinthians mm-hmm and that's it. Uh, you know, there's some scholars that, that are arguing that Hebrews might have been written by Apollos, right? There are scholars that argue that Hebrews was written by Paul. We don't know. Um, but I have we, my opinions about that too, but yeah. we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, but, but what we do have with regards to Apollos is that he comes from Alexandria, right? And mm-hmm. Alexandria was a, uh, was a cultural center of the world at that point, right? The Library of Alexandria, one of the seven great wonders of the world was there. And it's very possible that Apollos had walked through those halls, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. So we know that he is a learned man, right? It says he's an eloquent man. He is competent in the scriptures, right? He's been instructed in the way of the Lord. He's fervent in spirit. And he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Now, this is where we're going to kind of start our conversation about how we talk about Jesus, right? Well, the question might be, well, he's already talking about Jesus. He doesn't need help with this. Well, the second part of that verse in uh, in verse 25, right? though he only knew the baptism of John. So Apollos was aware of seemingly the birth of Christ, right? Some of his life, maybe, some of his miracles, maybe. Uh, He might have even have only been aware of the prophecies of the Old Testament, right? And and Mm -hmm. what was referenced to him back then. He was not aware of the death of Christ. He was not aware of the resurrection of Christ. And he was not aware of being baptized into Christ for the reception of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. He was not aware of these things. 
And so we see then that uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they pull him aside. They talk to him. It says they explain more accurately the way of God. And we assume based on context clues, right, based on what has happened, that Apollos was then baptized because we move forward and he goes over to Achaia or Corinth, right? And then as he comes back to Ephesus, we see that what Apollos had taught these disciples in Ephesus where he was, Paul corrects. And he says in in verse chapter 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Apollos was not aware of the baptism of Christ or what you receive, what happens there. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Apollos taught these people in Ephesus about the baptism of John Mm -hmm. because that's what he knew. And he told them about Christ through that. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who is to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's a logical flow of thought mm-hmm. that Apollos was also baptized into Christ. Yeah. But what's important to me and what, what is crucial to this is that Apollos taught what he knew. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to know everything, right? And I think one of the one of the key things that hold people back is – well, man, I just – I don't know enough about Jesus to tell somebody about. I don't and, – And honestly, to me, that is a very selfish way of thinking mm-hmm. because that assumes oh, I'm the only one that's going to tell them and I have to know every single thing in order to tell them. Yep. And to me, that, that it is a very selfish way of thinking that uh, I've got I've to do it all. And yep. and that's just not true. Paul uh, plants, Apollos waters, God gives the increase. Um it, you you don't have to be the end all, let me tell you everything, every word that's written in the Bible. You have to say, I know about Jesus. Can I tell you what I know about Jesus? But you also can't assume that somebody else is going to tell them. Yeah. Right? And so so I think there's there I think it is yeah. selfish no matter how you look at it. But yeah. There's two sides of that coin, right? It's one, it's, well, I'm the only one. And so I'm, in order to talk to them, I have to know everything. Well, that's that's not true. And then the other side of that is, well... I don't know everything, but somebody else who knows more, they'll they'll talk to them. I don't need to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be true and it also might not be true, right? So yeah. I think it's very important that as Christians, we understand that it is our responsibility. It is our command. It is our job. It is our uh, commission. It, whatever you want to call it, we are required to talk about Christ. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think it's cool. Also, talk accurately about yes. him. That's what that in verse twenty-five uh, says. Apollos he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, yeah. and well, and it, it just the the accuracy as far as he was concerned. But the that means that he studied. Uh, he yeah. he didn't just hear a message one day and say, "Oh, I'm going to spread that around to everyone." Yeah. He did his legwork to find out about the life of Christ, whether mm-hmm. or not he got to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, which evidently he didn't, talking about John's baptism. Yep. But he taught accurately the things concerning the life of Christ, yes. the, the miracles, the parables, the the teachings of Christ. Those are the things that he taught accurately. Yep. And so that means that he did some legwork, and, and we need to be the same way. Yep. Do, do a little bit of legwork so we can teach accurately the things concerning Christ. Well, and, and I also think, right, the idea that if we don't know enough, we're just not going to talk about it. It's kind of a lazy answer. Yeah. It's just an excuse. Because as you're talking about doing legwork, right? If you don't know enough, well, 
who can fix that? You. <laughs> the only person that can fix whether or not someone knows something is whether that someone changes that, right? Mm-hmm. So each individual is responsible, right? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. right? We are all responsible for for knowing more about the gospel. And and that doesn't mean that we all have to know, right? We've had Corey Collins on here. We've had uh, Kirk Brothers on here. We've had, you know, Kevin Langford, right? We've had some some men that are well, well versed in the scriptures. Come on here and talk with us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know as much as they do, right? Like I'm, I hope one day to attain to that. I hope mm-hmm. one day to get there, right? Absolutely. And I am going to strive one day to get there, right? In fact, I'm going to strive one day to surpass that, <laughs> right? Like that's, because I think that's what we all should do. But just because somebody knows more doesn't mean I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think we we handicap ourselves, we hamstring ourselves, we, you know, whatever phrase you want to put there, we we don't allow ourselves to talk about Christ because we don't feel like we have adequate knowledge and the reality is, is today, the knowledge that you really need to talk about Christ is the fact that he lived, he died for your sins, and he rose again, right? Like that right there is a phenomenal starting point. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this and you didn't know that before, you do now. Which which is kind of cool because there are so many things out there about this man named Christ mm-hmm. that lived 2,000 years ago. Yep. You can't deny it. Even super, super smart historians in the Smithsonian attest to the fact that, yeah, there was a man named Christ who lived 2,000 years ago. He was hung on a cross. People disagree on whether or not he was the son of God, which is the hang-up for, for so many people. But yeah. but honestly, if you look at it in a logical form, look through the the Bible in a logical form, when you know that this man named Christ really was real, let's look at what the historians have to say about him. Let's look at what the Bible has to say. Wait, that's the same thing. Maybe the Bible is actually talking about something that's real. Maybe these disciples who were um, who were eyewitnesses were actually telling the truth because it wouldn't make logical sense for them to follow any other theory out there. Yeah. Um, it, that's just – it. It's so cool to me. I so let me back up. I'm a very logical person. <laughs> I I don't really like to beat around the bush. Um, you know, one plus two equals three. There is no other way about it. And I if somebody one tries plus to tell two me equal twelve, and if somebody tries to tell me it equals four, then I'm just going to tell you no, it doesn't. I'm sorry. You need <laughs> to do your research. Um, I I like to use common sense. I like to use logic. And when you look at scripture from a common sense and logical standpoint, it stands up. Yeah. And and so anyways, that that's where I go back to when historians even back it up, then you can just look through scripture and yeah. say this this does make logical sense. What does that mean for my life? Jesus died, was was buried, he rose again. He's offering eternal salvation. What do I need to do? And yeah. scripture has the answer to that clearly, be born again of water and the spirit. Yeah. Um, anyways, I kind of probably got off on a little tangent there. Um, <laughs> but were you going to finish talking about Apollos? Yeah. So, so just with regards to, you know, taking lessons from Apollos, right? I, I think we need to be willing to talk about what we do know, mm-hmm. right? And also be humble enough to understand that we don't know everything. And that's okay, yep. right? Like we need to be willing to be taken aside in order to be taught more accurately, right? Yep. Uh, if, if if we're too puffed up and too mighty within ourselves, we're we're, you know, we're not going to do anybody any good, right? Yeah. So understand that you're not going to know everything, and that's okay. And that what you do know is is worthwhile and, and worthy of sharing. Uh, and so I, th- I think those two points, right, we can take away from Apollos. Um, I've got other people I want to talk about, but I'm going to let you go. Okay. Uh, I want to have everyone just flip back a few 
few pages to Acts chapter 16. Um, Because I told everyone about a few different ways that, you know, you can talk about Christ. Some are better than others, but one of them is just living the example, just being the example, living a Christ-like life and and showing people your light through the way that you live your life. Um, And the example that I think of when I talk about that is in Acts chapter 16. See, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they were imprisoned. They had been um, taken and thrown into prison, um, put into stocks, I believe. Um, and we read in, in chapter 16 of Acts, verses 25 and following, what happened as they were in prison. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, the other prisoners that, that are around them. It says in verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. See, there is some truth to the fact that the jailer, when he sees the power of God at work, which we talked about a little bit last week, that was what was the tipping scale. Yeah. But if Paul and Silas aren't singing, aren't in this prison surrounded by all these these prisoners, you know, what are, whether they're robbers, thieves, murderers, whatever they may be, Paul and Silas are surrounded by them. They're singing praises to God. If it weren't for that, then the jailer... What what would he have done? He would have ended up taking his life because with any Roman soldier, if they lose a prisoner, they lose their life. And so he's prepared to take his own life before the Roman government takes it from him. And so if it wasn't for for Paul and Silas to be singing those hymns, to call out to him, then he wouldn't have known, oh, these people are, are obeying God. That's why this happened. It wasn't just a crazy earthquake. And he also wouldn't have become a Christian. And so the example that Paul and Silas made by just the way that they live their life, you know? And by not rushing out when the doors were open. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, that's a, that's the testament of they, you can show Christ just by the way that you live your life. The jailer knew that they were Christians by their song, by their actions. Yeah. Well, and I think, so there, there's a, there's a phrase that that I've heard and I think you've probably heard it too, right? Um, you know, preach the gospel at all times and mm-hmm. if necessary use words mm-hmm. and you know when i first heard that i was like wow that's really profound and deep and cool and the more that i've thought about it and the more that i've heard it the less that i've liked that particular phrase and i would change one word within that phrase and and we see that actually in in this passage here but it's preach what, what i would change it in a minute to is preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words and you have paul and uh, and, and, and Silas here, right? They're 
they're singing praises and they're talking to, you know, the, the they're talking to everybody, right? And then all of a sudden, earthquake happens, jail opens, and the jailer comes in. And what do they do? Well, they they talk to him. They use words. About the gospel. Yeah. They preach to him, right? And Verse so, 32, they spoke the word of the Lord to him. And Yeah. And so I, I think it's incredibly important that, yes, we, we do have to live our lives in such a way that it glorifies God and that others can see God through us. They can mm-hmm. see Christ through us. But that can't be it. Yeah. If they don't know what the gospel is, they don't know why we're living the way that we're living, it doesn't do any good. So if, we if have that's to the, use words. If that's the end goal of just to try to show people Christ in your life without using words, then honestly, you're, you're no better than just one of those people that is like, oh, that's a good person. I was listening to sports radio the other day here in Dallas, and these guys on 105.3 The Fan are talking about Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Mavs legend, and they're saying he is the nicest guy that you'll ever meet. This seven-foot German who played basketball here in America yeah. is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And, and that's really cool. They said when you talk with him, then you actually walk away thinking – Dirk actually cares about me. And that's really cool. But there are so many Christians, too many Christians, who also do that. If people walk away thinking, wow, Dylan really cares about me, that's great. But if they don't walk away without knowing Jesus cares about me too, then I've left something out. Yeah. Missed a very, very critical element. Yeah. Yeah. Of your entire purpose. Dylan only cares about you because Jesus cares about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully not only. <laughs> um, so is there anything else that you had there? Because I've got, I've got two more people no, I want to talk about. we can move on, yeah. All right. So in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, starting in, in verse 15, we have the story of Onesiphorus. And in Philemon, we're going to get the story of Onesimus. Now, mm-hmm. these, I feel like, get mixed up quite a bit. At least in my they mind, do. they do. <laughs> and their names are really similar, right? Like, who starts their name with O-N-E, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, So anyway, we're going to talk about Onesiphorus first. So again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. You are aware that all who were in Asia turned away from me. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Among whom are uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of, of Onesiphorus, For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. So Onesiphorus is from Ephesus, which Mm -hmm. is in Asia. He -hmm. traveled to Rome, which is not in Asia. (laughs) And what we see is that Paul is saying, All who were in Asia turned away from me. Onesiphorus was Paul's only friend in the continent of Asia. Now, as we talk about sharing the gospel and the importance of sharing the gospel, it cannot be understated or underscored the importance of relationship building. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that in order to truly share the gospel in a way that is going to be lasting, and beneficial, there needs to be a relationship there. You know, if I were to go to a Walmart parking lot right now and ask people, hey, do you want to talk about Jesus? And I might get a couple people that say yes. But you know, the ones that will say yes are the ones who already know about Jesus. Yes, that's exactly right. And no real change is going to happen in a Walmart parking lot, right? Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. And so we have Onesiphorus, right? 
his one friend in Asia, right? the one friend in Asia that not only traveled to Rome, but also went and found him. Right? He didn't know where Paul was in Rome. They didn't have Facebook back then. They didn't then. have Facebook. They didn't have text messaging, right? They literally had letters mm-hmm. that, were, that took months sometimes to get to where they were going. And he went and found him. I mean, that's, that's, true, that's true friendship right there. That's a true relationship yeah. right there where there is trust. Yeah. And as we talk about trust, I want to then talk about Onesimus. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to go right into Onesimus too. We, we've got to, right? <laughs> so uh, accordingly, this is Paul again talking to Philemon, right? Writing a letter to Philemon. Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, so one of his last letters here, right? An old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus whose father I became in my imprisonment. Not a literal father, right? But a spiritual kind of guide, okay? Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. So, and you go to verse 16, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant as a beloved brother. So Onesimus, was one of Philemon's bondservants. And Paul here is writing to him, right? And he says, for love's sake, right? The love that they have for each other, Philemon and Paul, for love's sake, I'm going to appeal to you, mm-hmm. right? And he says, I am sending my heart to you. And this is Paul's heart now. Mm-hmm. There's relationships all throughout these texts, all throughout the scriptures. And I am, I, I, I am just firmly convinced that if we can create genuine, lasting relationship, we can truly let people know, I care about you, yep. right? I care about you. I I want what's best for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to be happy. I want what, I want you to serve the Lord, right? If we can let people know that you care about them, I, I firmly believe that the trust will be strong enough that we can tell them about Christ mm-hmm. and they will listen. Yeah. Well, and, and the amazing thing is, uh, uh, evidently, Onesimus was not a Christian no. while he was in the household of Philemon as mm-hmm. a bond servant, and um, he ran away essentially. Yep, um, met Paul. Paul developed a relationship with him. Yep, brought him to Christ, and then through that relationship, he realized, you know, Philemon, you were a bond servant to Philemon. Philemon's a good brother. Let me write a letter to him. Yeah, and. And it's through that relationship. I mean, it, for me, it happens all the time. You know, when we're, whenever I go to a different conference or or whatever for um for Christians to, uh, what seminars maybe um, and you meet Christians mm-hmm. from around the world and you say, oh, you know, so and so also, yeah. I know so and so. That's a good brother. Yeah. And um, those relationships that are built not only encourage and strengthen those who are already Christians. But it's through relationships that people are brought to Christ as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think all of the recent baptisms here at, at at Keller. I was counting it up. I think we've had seven or eight this past year. Yeah, since COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, I think all of them, maybe with the exception of one, have been through relationships that we have here. Right. Yeah. The, the only exception there was still a relationship there. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but it wasn't amongst us at Keller. Yeah, so, it was a relationship to a guy back in Mississippi, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, but but every other one has been because of a relationship that was built here at Keller, and and some of those, yes, were children, right? And the relationship was with their parents, right? But it's still a relationship. You still have to build that. You still have to earn that, right? And, yeah. Um. And so I I think it's I don't know I I just I cannot stress enough, at least on my end, the importance of building a relationship with people who are in Christ and people who are not in Christ, right? Paul became all things to all people. By all means, he might save some. Absolutely. So before we close here, yeah. I want to you know, kind of get into the nitty gritty because we can throw out phrases like you got to show your example, yeah. but not only show it, you got to use words when necessary. Mm-hmm. You have to, it's not if necessary, it's when necessary. Yep. We can talk about building relationships, how that's that's the 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 strength for for how you can dig into uh each other's each other's lives personally. Yeah. Um and so with those things, showing an example, using words, building relationships, we gotta in my mind, we gotta get practical. How does it even start? Because I know there's people that are sitting there thinking like, okay, I need to build a relationship. I tried my best to be an example. I know kind of what words to use, but how do I start? Yeah. Well, you start with the next person you see, your neighbor. How easy would it be to start a conversation with your neighbor? All of us have a neighbor. I live in an apartment. I still have neighbors. You live in a rental house. You have neighbors. Mm -hmm. All of us have a neighbor. That's that's how you start that relationship. Well, and I think – even on a on an easier level, right? Because sometimes you don't know your neighbor, right? And so going up to somebody and trying to do that is, is difficult. But on an easier level, everybody has hobbies. Right? Yeah. Every, everybody has things that they're interested in. Everybody has groups of friends, right, that uh, that, that are not Christians, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for, for those that are listening, if you have kids, right, well – your kids are probably involved in sports or they're yeah. involved in something and all of those parents, right? You got to well, be sitting next to the parents while you watch right? the kids. And, and you and you build a relationship just naturally because you talk about things that are of like interest, mm-hmm. that are of uh, value to you, that that uh, that you enjoy, right? And so I think that's that's where you start, right? Like with, with neighbors, you, hey, I live next door to you. We live mm-hmm. on the same street, right? Like live in the same general – well, that's a common interest there, yeah. right? And so – when you talk to somebody, talk to somebody who you have a common interest with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, if, if you're afraid of, of starting conversations with people, then start with people that you already know. Yeah. And continue to build those relationships and, and work your way up to being able to talk to a stranger and create a relationship. Yep. Uh, because, you know, that's, that's what we're called to do. So I want to give a really cool example. Um Specifically for here in Keller, but this honestly really applies to everyone across across the world. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of damage to our facility here. Um, yep. Our building has been was flooded back in February when snow apocalypse hit North Texas, <laughs> um, and so yeah, we've been we've been through the ringer storm. with our building, and then yeah, and then a hailstorm. Um, so our building is like currently not even like functional like we're sitting in the auditorium with like with concrete that's got glue on top of it because the carpet was pulled up and the glue is left the acoustics are good so yeah the acoustics are really awesome (laughs) anyways i say all that to say that things are always having to be redone reworked and 
And I want everyone to think and imagine with me how things would have to be, forced to be, not because of of nature, because of flooding or hailstorms, but things would have to be redone and reworked if every single Christian decided on one person, I've got one really close friend, I need to tell tell them about Jesus. Yeah. Just one person. And if everyone did that, for example, here at Keller, we've got a, almost 600 people that are in our directory here at Keller. Mm-hmm. Imagine if every single one of them said, I just need to share the gospel with one person. Then as we're doing this remodeling, we're, we'd have to talk about some bigger plans. <laughs> i tell you what. <laughs> and, have a bigger building. <laughs> and and it, it goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week. Now yeah. to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. Yeah. God has the ability and he's ready to provide the increase. Yeah. It just it takes us planting the seed, watering the seed, building relationships, focusing on one person, just one. Just one. I And that's that's such a powerful thing, right, is, is you know the power of one. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and and you know Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit are all one. Right, the power of one. You know, mm-hmm. We've got, uh, you know, our our salvation is found in Christ. Right, you know, and we have the idea of just bringing one friend. Right, yeah, one conversation, just having one thing. The, the power of one, I think, is is we find it throughout Scripture. Right, is this idea of just one and the unity that we have in the church. Right, one yeah. church. Right. Well, if we can bring one friend, right? I mean, on average, we have what like two fifty on Sunday mornings right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's 500 people. Mm-hmm. One person. So the the thing about that, though, is if you're going to build a relationship and want to tell anyone about Christ, in that relationship, you have to be showing the example of Christ still. Yeah. And and that's sometimes something that becomes tough is I've built this relationship with this person, but this person does not know Christ. And we we I may not be showing Christ the best at all times when I'm around this person. So if I want to share Christ with them, what, how are they going to believe me? Yeah. Well, you got to fix that. You, you got to be able to, through your example, show Christ. So when you have that relationship built and you're ready to tell them about Christ, they believe you. Yeah. Well, and it's the same, right? If, if you go around cussing and then you tell somebody else that you're not supposed to cuss because the Bible says don't cuss. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yep. that, that's, that's not going to go over well. Exactly. Right? And so we do have to have our right, our lives correct, right with God. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a huge part of that's a huge part of that relationship building because people can see that, right? We can see it in others. So yeah. for us to assume that they can't see it in us is kind of an interesting thought. But yeah, you know, everybody is transparent, right? We can all see what other people are doing, and and we need to be above reproach, right? Like that's a it's a considered one of the things for the elders to be an elder, but it's a Christian thing, right? Like yeah. we're to be above reproach as Christians. Yeah, so. Um, anyway, I, I think I think talking about Jesus becomes easier the less you think about it, the more you do it. And the closer you are to him. And the closer you are to the people. And the closer you are to Christ. And the closer you are to Christ, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just want to encourage you guys, this next Sunday, throughout this next week, talk to somebody about Jesus. Make it a point. Make it a, a goal of yours to talk to just one individual about Christ. We love you all. We're so thankful for your support. And I ask and we ask that you listen as uh, you hear how you can best help us. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. 
You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.